All right. Welcome back to the E-Hunter Podcast, everybody. We're back again. Sorry about the little hiatus we've been on for the past little bit uh, with holidays and hunts and all that fun stuff. We've we've been a little bit out of office, out of pocket lately, but starting off the year 2023, we're back at it. We got some great podcasts lined up for you guys. As always, I guess not as always, but sometimes I got my buddy Seth with me. Seth, how you doing tonight, man? I'm only here when Taryn invites me. I usually get kicked. I could usually get kicked off the podcast. No, you know. no. Everybody, you know, he is full of crap. So you're no. always invited, Seth. Oh, no. Always. Hey, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> hey, I want a podcast. When can we podcast? Oh, I can't. I'm in Arizona. Uh, I'm, I'm chasing mule deer. Well, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that actually leads me to the first thing that I wanted to talk about on this podcast. So for all of you that are looking for this podcast on YouTube, which there aren't very many, very many of you, um, this will be on YouTube, but it won't be a video. So it'll just be a, an audio version on YouTube if you want to listen to it there. But for the most part, we're going to focus on this being just an audio podcast, which is great for Seth and I, because I feel like we can put out more more podcasts. Uh, I do travel a lot for work and for hunting <laughs> and uh, yes. I can do the, the podcast from the road as long as I don't have to video because I can't take my camera equipment with me and I guess I can but it's just a hassle. So we're going to be uh, we're gonna be better. We're going to have a lot of, uh, like I said, we got a lot of really good podcasts uh, coming up for you guys this year. We've got some good guests that we're going to have join us, some, some returning guests, some new guests that you guys haven't uh, listened to before. But some really cool, cool podcasts for you this year. Before we jump into the podcast, as always, we want to uh, give a shout out to Vortex Optics, our flagship sponsor for eHunter. Been with us for several years. Guys are awesome. Um, great products. If you haven't checked them out, go to vortexoptics.com. Check them out. You can pick them up pretty much anywhere nowadays. Optics Planet has them. Sportsman's Warehouse has them. So if you guys have any questions about it, any of the optics, Seth and I, gosh, Seth, we've pretty much used almost everything at this point, haven't we? We're getting there. If we haven't, we're surely getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, I got red dots, rifle scopes, binos, spotting scopes. Rangefinder. Rangefinder. Yeah. Tripods, clothes. I mean, pretty much anything Vortex. We've we've used it. We've tested it. Tried and true. Uh, dropped my binoculars in the mud in Arizona, which just absolutely made me crazy. But... Mm. Um, <laughs> I was I was by myself. I was walking because the guys were staying up kind of on the hill, kind of glassing for me, and uh, walked down the hill. And it man, it was so muddy. We're gonna get into it to Arizona a little bit later in this podcast, but it was so muddy, and uh, kind of slipped a little bit. Had my pot, my uh, my binos there on my chest, and um, I didn't have the flap cover. Like so, I have a, a Kuyu <laughs> bino harness, and I didn't have the flap on there, and it kind of flipped me on my side and tossed my binoculars out. And uh, made me so mad, but I was like, "Oh well, who cares? If it's broke, I'll send it in. It's VIP warranty. It's all good." <laughs> yeah, true, very true. <laughs> so, no, we appreciate them. Um, they're they're fantastic. I also want to give a shout out to Onyx. Uh, another thing I could not have done without in all the hunts this year. I used them like crazy. How about you? Oh yeah, Onyx all the time. Um, even in my day to day job, I I use it from time to time. So. It, it's awesome, dude. I'm. St- I well, I guess you're not an Apple guy, but I am an Apple guy, and I have Apple CarPlay 
in my work vehicle. And so now on X works with Apple CarPlay and it's, it's kind of awesome because I'm the same way like you and I were talking the other night about you, you'll use like waypoints for work, right? And, and like downloaded maps mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing and it's, it's nice to have that on my Apple CarPlay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I use it quite a bit when uh, a lot of my day-to-day jobs are locations don't have an actual address. Um, and so when a guy tells you where they are, I just drop a pin on it, and then I know where it is for future reference. Sweet. So I love Onyx. I know there's other mapping companies out there, but they just they don't meet the same bar that the Onyx does. It's it's just too good. So, yep. Anyways, they're, they're we'll, where it's at. Yeah. Well, before we get into Arizona, because that's kind of what we want to talk about, as you guys can see by the title of the podcast, is is Arizona. But before we get into that, uh, we want to talk a little bit about what's going on with E Hunter. As always, keep you guys up to speed with what's going on with us so i think kind of the first and foremost thing on our minds right now is the the hunt expo in salt lake city i'm just getting super stoked about that so that's got a lot of people lined up to chat with i'll be podcasting on saturday in the sneak tech booth um i'm, I'm stoked for this year's uh, i'm always stoked for the the expo but I'm, I'm super excited for this year's yeah i think it'll be a great time yeah you're gonna be there friday and saturday right yeah yep i'll be there friday and saturday um if you want me to hang around and stare at you while you podcast i can do that (laughs) uh be uh, parental supervision make sure you (laughs) make sure i don't say anything naughty on the straight straight yeah keep it on the straight and narrow yeah (laughs) that may may or may not happen no jeff will keep me in line so (laughs) actually what we ought to do is i ought to just have we ought to just rotate i'll do one you do one Oh, you, you have a lot of faith in me to host the podcast. Oh, come on. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I can I, I can talk my way out of a paper sack if I need to, but the actual hitting the right buttons and getting it in the correct order, uh, I'm not responsible for any damaged audio. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll have a we would have a lot of uh sound effects and different noises if you were running this show so bleeping bleeping things out yeah not even when it's meant to be bleeped out <laughs> exactly uh no we'll have to see how it goes but i i'm super stoked uh there's gonna be a lot of awesome people there so um you probably saw this seth but we we have a list of you know that we're going to focus on while we're there people that we want to talk to and meet with and that have reached out to us and we've reached out to them but couple of the people that are going to be there one is the people that i went with in alaska so kodiak charters and safaris shout out to them and then also um, alpine hunting new zealand is going to be there which is the company that i'm going with next year to to new zealand to do red stag so i'm excited to go and chat with them and hope i can get them one or both of them on the podcast to just talk about their programs what they can offer you and I, i know i've talked a lot about the Alaska one, I'm sure I will talk a lot about the New Zealand one, but uh, hoping to get them on the podcast while we're there. So it should be a lot of fun, should be cool. So if you guys are going to be at the expo, come check us out, come uh, visit with us. Seth and I will both be kind of roaming around on Friday. I'll mainly be at the Sneak Tech booth on Saturday, 
Um, but we'll be, we'll be around. So you can just look for our logo. I'm sure we'll be, ha be wearing hats and shirts and all sorts of stuff. So you, you'll be able to find us. You, you really can't miss us. So anyways, <laughs> come say, come say hi you'll to see, us. You'll see Taryn's ugly face and you'll be like, Oh, I know that guy. Oh yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, that's that guy. Yeah. We know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what else we got going on, Seth? Well, uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, our other big time supporter, Henry, yeah. just released a new cartridge slash caliber uh, for their lever guns. Did you happen to take a look at that? I didn't. No. Well, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Tell me about it. So it's called the not not super. Yeah, not super prevalent to us Western hunters, but it is uh, called the three sixty Buckhammer. So it's a straight wall cartridge and Remington developed it in conjunction with Henry. Um, and it's pretty slick. It's, it's got a, a small enough um, diameter that some of the more strict states that don't allow you to shoot the, the bigger cartridges um, or certain amounts of powder, it's meant to, to fit all those needs. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Interesting. No, I have not heard about this. I uh, so this it's a semi-auto gun. No, it... no, it's it's a it's in a lever gun. It's a it's a straight wall cartridge. No, have you looked it up yet? Mm-hmm. So I've got this this yeah, article. Into it a little bit. Guns.com. Henry launches semi-auto carving carving and partners on 360 butt camera. Oh, maybe the. They did a butt, the 360 butt camera, and they launched a semi-auto carving. Oh, maybe. So the the buck hammer, like I say, I know it was in conjunction with um, Henry and Remington that made it, um, but it's supposed to be. Yeah, it says the straight wall cartridge that flattens them all. <laughs> oh, man. So is it at SHOT Show um, right now? Is that where they're launching this at? Yeah, that's where they dropped it. Yeah, it was at SHOT Show. That's sweet, yep. dude. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, the Buck Hammer is a uh, a lever gun, but they also did launch a semi-auto. It's called the Homesteader. That's interesting for Henry. You really? Know? Yeah, check being out. such such lever that gun is. heavy that's, guys. That's yeah, I'm, dude. Yeah, Henry's. Yeah. So, if you guys have been following us for any amount of time, you know that we love our Henrys. They're a partner of ours. We we do a lot of business with them, and um, you know, you can go check our videos out on YouTube of our reviews and leave us a comment if you guys want to see anything on our reviews. Let us know while we're on that topic. But uh, don't be surprised if you see some of these guns in our hands here pretty soon to be able to review and and tell you what we think about them because. Yeah, Henry's awesome. This is kind of interesting. A semi-auto Henry. It's called the Homesteader. Called the I home missed that one. Yeah, I was all enamored into the the buck hammer. Let's see. Yeah, it's called the Homesteader. Very very cool. There's a lot. There was like, I can't remember how many new guns released at Shot Show this week, but a lot and a lot of really cool guns. I mean, some of the new stuff that they're coming out with is is pretty amazing. Nine millimeter out of a rifle. Yeah. 
cool. That's cool. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Man, very cool. So yeah, so we should have a lot more uh, coming up on on Henry products. Yeah. Um, we got a couple uh, of their guns that we're thinking that we would like that we'll be doing some reviews on here pretty soon. And yeah, got got some cool articles on there too. Yep. Yep. I think it'll be a, a pretty interesting year in the terms of Henry uh, bringing out that those couple new rifles and cartridges should be a a big uh, jump into the semi-automatic world. It looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Very, very cool. So, yeah, so we'll have that coming up this year. Um, as always, you know, the tried and true, stick to the website. We'll have a lot of articles um, coming up on the website. I got some new writers that will be putting up some articles there. Try to keep you guys updated on all of the news that's going on. We have had some requests to do more um, product review articles. So, there'll be some other products on there that we'll be working through. Um, so, it won't just be news. But make sure that you're going to ehunter.com. Remember, that's E-H-U-N-T-R.com. I'd be there every day. Uh, we're putting up articles pretty much every day for you guys to go and check out. And so if you want to stay up to speed on what's going on in the hunting world and really just the outdoor world, uh, make sure you're going to the website. We'll still have our videos coming up out. Um, trying to decide, you know, Seth and I are trying to decide what that's going to look like. Um as far as, you know, do we continue the Monday morning quick tips? Do we do more of just like the hunting entertainment type videos and the product review videos? So, um, but make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel to make sure you're on, you know, staying up to speed with everything that's coming out there. Let's see, Seth, anything else we're working on? Um, I think you, I think you've covered it pretty well. Um, the one thing I wanted to just kind of let them know too, is we had, uh, been kind of hit or miss over the holidays which taryn already talked about but uh with the podcast uh our goal you should expect a a podcast every week barring some kind of major issue so yeah. stay tuned guys you'll, you'll have something to listen to on your commute or whatever you're doing so yeah and like i said we should have some really good guests with us and if it's not good guests we've got some great topics to to address also trying to get a lot of other people involved as well you know we may uh, make some phone calls during some podcasts and um this this roadcaster that i have has so many capabilities i can make phone calls i can do all sorts of fun stuff on it so <laughs> yeah we'll try to keep it entertaining for you guys um also keep it you know something that you guys want to listen to to be informed and and whatnot so yeah expect those those podcasts uh, at least once a week so Cool. All right, Seth. Well, let's jump into our, our topic for this podcast, which is Arizona archery hunting. And right now, well, over the last year, there's been a lot of changes to Arizona's over-the-counter archery hunts. Um, and uh, and Seth's going to talk a little bit about some of the changes that has just happened recently. But Seth, do you mind if I kick it off with talking about my hunt that I just got back with? Got back from? Yes, sir. Yep. Go right ahead. Okay. So. I've never hunted Arizona before, and it's something that I always wanted to do. And I've I've got a really good friend. His name's Chad Fieber. He uh, he called me one day and he's like, "Hey, you know, would would you be interested in going down to Arizona and doing over the counter archery hunt?" And you know, we kind of talked, went back and forth, and um, you know, he he's a to say he's a great man. Uh, that that's that's definitely an understatement. Uh, he's he's awesome. He if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have been able to go. 
So, um, but had an awesome trip. So we, we went down with the guys from zero guide fees and, and I may actually have them on the podcast at some point this in the, in the coming weeks as well. I talked to them about, about doing it to talk about zero guide fees. It's a pretty cool program. Uh, have you ever looked into that before Seth, the zero guide fees? I haven't. You were kind of the first one to introduce me to that. So, oh, it's a, it's a really interesting program. Uh, Travis McClendon's the one that started it. He's got quite a few few guides, but uh, a really cool program. I'm not going to get into it because, like I said, I'm probably going to have them on the podcast to talk about it here in the in the coming weeks. But um, so we went down there with them. We left on New Year's Day, and again, it's over the counter archery mule deer hunt. It's during the rut. And, uh, you know, when I was going to Arizona, I was like, oh man, this, it's going to be nice, warm t-shirt weather. This is going to be, this is going to be great. Uh, if you ever been to Flagstaff in uh, January, it's not t-shirt, <laughs> t-shirt weather. It's, it was cold. There was a couple nights it got down, I mean, into single digits. I mean, it was, it was extremely cold, which is great for deer hunting, especially in the rut. So it, it made it a lot of fun. Um, our guide was awesome. His name's Nick. He, he, he was, uh, he took us out. He, he knew that location, that area so well. And so he took us to exactly where the deer were at. Um, I think it was a second day into the hunt. We, we were actually headed out to where we were going to go hunting and we, we ran across to, well, we saw a deer on the side of the road. It was bedded under a tree and we, we told Nick, we're like, Hey, stop the truck. <laughs> And this is the weirdest archery story in the world because I've never had an archery animal that I've ever shot from from where or I saw from the truck and then and then went and shot. So, um, stopped the truck. Uh, we got out, got off the road, and seriously, the buck was just like 35 yards away, maybe 50, 60 yards off the road, and he really didn't care much about us. Like he he had a doe that he was with, and just it was really just one doe that we could see. And, um, if you guys follow us on social media, you saw the, the reel that I posted, but, um, because Chad, you know, really was the reason that we were there. Plus he had to get redemption cause he'd gone a couple years before as well. He needed to get redemption on a deer. So I, I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, if we see a deer, you're up first. And so we saw that one cool buck, not, you know, not a huge buck, but a, a great mature buck. And, uh, like I said, about 35 yards, we were uh, behind a tree uh, and uh, I was sitting there videoing with with my phone, and he kind of just comes around the trees left-handed, and he comes around the right-hand side of the tree, so it was a little bit awkward, but shot, uh, missed just a little bit back and left, but man, he, he hit it in the spine, and it dropped right where it was at. Uh, had to put one more in it and uh, to, to finish it off, but he, I mean, it didn't, it dropped right there. It didn't go 10, 20 feet from where he uh, was standing when, when Chad shot him, so Heck of a shot, heck of a, an opportunity. Um, oh, what was the name of the broadheads he was using? I was going to talk about that, but oh, I can't remember the name of, of his, his broadheads, but they were they were pretty deadly broadheads. I was using the Grim Reapers, um, and so was super stoked to, to you know get an animal down with those. I've never shot an animal with a, a Grim Reaper broadhead. But anyways... He uh, he shot his. We we hoot and hollered uh, hollered and took pictures and just had a lot of fun with it. In fact, I brought the the deer back here. I'm, my taxidermist here in in Utah is going to taxidermy it for him, um, and he was kind enough to to give me the meat. So we spent the rest of the hunt. Um, Nick would take us around to uh, places that he knew that there were deer, and we put a lot of stocks on. I think I had a stock every single day. Seth, it right kind of reminded me of your your freaking antelope hunt. <laughs> 
<laughs> Golly. That antelope hunt, dude. <laughs> We've talked about that on a podcast, just, haven't we? Yes, yes. You uh, just weren't sneaky enough, dude. Is that what it is? I you need just to get sneaky enough. I need to be yeah. like Jeff Barlow yeah. and get more sneaky. You should have should have uh, went to Sportsman's and got you a doe decoy. Maybe I don't know what it was. I don't know. The, the problem is, so they're they're in the middle of the the rut. So every buck is surrounded by like fifteen or twenty does. So it's like hunting elk. You know, it's like hunting elk in the in the rut. Great thing about elk is you can call them. You can oh, call them into yep. you and kind of distract them from what you are. Plus, they don't really care about sounds and movements quite as much as deer do. And so, man, the, those bucks, when they had 15 or 20 does with them, it was just like little radars everywhere. And so I had one, I can't remember which day it was, but um, it was middle of the day, like one o'clock in the afternoon and we were just walking, you know, the great, that's one thing I love hunting with Chad because he likes to, he likes to walk as much as I do. And so we were walking through these little, uh, like finger draw areas and, um, yeah, it's funny because we were, we're walking there and he's like, and he kind of, I was in front and he kind of pokes me and he's like, Hey, smells like deer. And I can't smell like my, my nose does not work at all. So I couldn't smell it. And it wasn't like seriously 30 seconds later, he's like, Hey, there's a deer right there. And 200 yards away, 250 yards away, we could see a buck bedded underneath a tree and I could see a doe to his right. And I'm like, Oh sweet. Okay. He's bedded. You know, he's got this one doe with him. His other does were probably gone. He, he just kind of bedded away from them wherever they're at. And so I thought it was going to happen. I went, I got downwind so that, uh, you know, he couldn't uh, catch my smell or anything or my scent. And I was as quiet. I mean, the great thing about there, like I was saying, it was really wet. And so the ground was super soft and I could walk without making a sound. And so I, I got downwind, started just sneaking in really slowly and chad texts me and he's like yeah you're busted <laughs> and i and i couldn't figure it out and and then uh as soon as he said you were busted i kind of hurried up the hill a little bit and i did actually catch a glimpse of of that buck he was a good buck he was probably uh i don't know 160 ish type buck um pretty cool looking buck but um once i saw him go and i looked ahead of him and there were again like 15 does. I had no idea that they were there. And so he said, he's like, they're the ones that busted you. He said like five of them went one way, 15 of them went with him. So it was, it was hard, but it, man, it was so fun having stocks every day. But one thing I did want to talk about, and, and we're going to kind of get into this today with uh, some of the stuff that, that uh, Seth's going to talk about, but as I mentioned before, Arizona has changed some of the regulations as it relates to this over-the-counter archery deer hunt. Um, one of the changes is they have a quota for all the units. And so if you meet that quota, the that following Wednesday, they close the unit. And um, so Chad shot his deer on a Tuesday, and we hopped online and looked at it. There was one deer, one quota left. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and and you have 48 hours to to do it and so he logged on he submitted that he had he had killed his deer and so with him killing that deer it closed that that unit which really sucked because actually that unit and then the next unit next the unit next to it closed as well that same day and so and they were the ones closest to where we were staying and so the next unit that we could go to was it was about an hour and a half drive, two hour drive from where we were at, where we were staying. So it really messed things up as far as like getting to where we needed to go, 
being where we needed to be. And then also, like I said, Nick, I mean, he was a great guide. He knew exactly where the deer were in those units. Um, but once it pushes out even further away from where we were at, you know, he didn't quite know that territory as, I mean, he did. I, I don't mean to say anything bad about that. He knew that area, but he hadn't had really a chance to really scout it as much as he had those ones closer by. And so it made it a little bit tougher, but we still were in the deer. We still found them and, and still had a lot of fun. Ultimately, I wasn't able to bring home a, a deer. Actually, I was. I brought, I brought home Chad's deer, it was, and it's delicious. I made jerky out of it already. It's it's amazing. Me me and you are going to fight. <laughs> you, you better not have made that whole deer into jerky. That whole deer. No, uh, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much that whole deer oh, is going to be jerky. At the, at the expo, at the expo, <laughs> you were... You, you, uh, I'm going to strike you, dude. <laughs> dude, you ought to taste this jerky though. It is I, so I good. It's the jerky on the planet. I am not a dude. Don't waste good deer meat on jerky. Okay, so one thing you got to remember: is this is right during the middle of the rut. He, oh, uh, I don't care. Whoo. I've ate, I've ate rut. I've ate, I've ate rut cooked. I've ate rut deer. You, you <laughs> so mm -mm. I did. Don't I did. You, don't, mm -mm. I did make some steaks mm -hmm. out of the back straps. You can't make. You can't jerky the back straps. So, um, uh, but I did. I, I did. I jerkied everything else. So. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Uh, speaking of that, Chad, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to bring you some jerky of your deer uh, to the to the expo so that you have some. <laughs> but anyway, so so one of, that's one of the changes. Another change that was really hard with with this year with Arizona was you know, the, the tag numbers. So Chad and I had to stay up till midnight. I can't remember the date, if it was December 1st or December 2nd. Um, once the, the they first, went on, I think, was it the first? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. So we had to stay up till midnight that night um, so that we could get our tags because they, you know, they they limit, they lowered those number of tags and limited them. So we're like, we, we got to get these because he was already, you know, he already booked us with zero guide fees. So like they were planning on us. And so we're like, no, we, we've got to have these tags. And so him and I stayed up till midnight and, and got our tags. And they were gone. I think they they sold out in, what do you tell me, like 14 hours or something like that? or I can't remember. Quick. They sold out really quick. So that was another change that, that made it a little bit difficult. I mean, and I'm I'm complaining right now. But, I mean, all in all, it really wasn't that hard. But these are recent changes that you wouldn't have dealt with in the past and it, and it did make it a little bit more difficult for this hunt but all in all i mean it was a it was a blast if you ever had to get a chance to go and hunt arizona it's amazing country it, it's great to hunt there's a lot of public land which i love and it makes it easy to get on them and and a lot of really good deer like i said we were in the deer every every day didn't see anything any monsters you know that 160 buck was probably the biggest buck that we saw but we saw a lot of 140 to 160 class bucks that were just you know just good solid bucks so yeah. it was it was a lot of fun you, you need to come with me seth one of these years to do that i i'm down it's the perfect time of year it's the down season i'd mm -hmm. i'd go on a heartbeat yeah that's a great thing about it, it right in the middle of january so or well mm -hmm. beginning of january so right in the middle I'm, of the winter when you're yeah. doing nothing Right. De depending on the unit, it's either December or January. Yeah. yeah. Depending on which unit. Yeah. You yeah. You're right. The other cool thing about Arizona is since now that I didn't, since I didn't kill, now I can actually go back in August and hunt it if I want then. You can go back into, you can go back in December too. Uh huh. Yep. It's August a calendar year. So, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yep, I can go back in August yeah. and December and hunt it and with the same tag that I still have that's sitting in my backpack right there. So there you go. Pretty cool opportunity. But you wanted to talk about some of the changes that have happened just, I mean, just in the last few days. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Seth, to kind of talk about some of those changes so that everybody's aware of those. Yeah, so about a week ago, week and a half ago, they structured it a little differently again. So essentially what they did now is they officially set it as a 10% quota to non-residents. So now non-residents can only buy 10% of the archery deer tags in Arizona. Which means that there are only just under 3,000 tags in the non-resident pool now. So how Taryn talked about waking up and or staying up or however you want to do it, that's probably going to be the norm to get your OTC tag. Um. Here's the tricky thing, though. They base that off of the most recent five years of uh, resident archery sales. So if uh, the residents buy 30,000, which is or 28,5 or whatever that they're using uh, for five years, then that's what they're going to sell. But say they only sell 15,5 or something, you're going to see that drastically drop down or come up depending on how the not or how the resident sales are going um, for those deer um, same basic concept Taryn talked about December 1st will be the day that you need to to buy uh, your permit and they now will only be sold online you cannot go into a place and buy them like you used to in Arizona I'm, I'm down with that I think that's um, I'm, I'm fine with that yeah, and then the other part of that is they still are holding true to the quota that Taryn talked about as well. So um, same thing could happen. You could buy a permit, be hunting a, a unit on a Tuesday. The following day, you can't hunt that unit anymore, um, which can be a, a challenge like like Taryn talked about, you know, it. You're hunting it, and then poop. Now you can't do it. Um, See, and the, so the crappy thing about a that few more rules. Yeah, the, the crappy thing about that, like for us, was you know Chad killed that deer, and I mean he killed it. We like I said we were headed out to go hunting, and so it's like three o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon, two thirty in the afternoon. I can't remember what time it was, and he killed that deer. Like I said, we took care of it and did all that, but then we were still able to hunt that day, and we actually got on a, a pretty cool little like 150 sized uh, four point that night, and kind of made a little bit of a stock. He was really spooked because we pulled up in the truck. But had I had the chance to go back there the following day, you know, who knows what would have happened? So that that right. quota thing is tough. Yeah, and the quota. It, it does. It really does make it tough, and it and it's come about from what I can understand, and it's come about because there was a lot of concerns um, from the residents that younger, easier to kill deer were were dying, and the quality of the deer had fallen, and that was their biggest concern. Is that they felt like too many people, both resident and non-resident, were killing smaller deer. I don't know why that was the concern but that was a concern for them um 
And then I feel like they must have complained more or somebody must have done something for them to target non-residents even more. And let's be honest, non-residents typically get blamed for a lot of things, whether it's actually their fault or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this uh, restricting it to 10% is going to be even trickier. Um, The only benefit, though, I guess, is if the previous quota was, say, 30%, or this previous total was 30% of what the archery cells were, you definitely will have less deer being taken, and maybe that means you'll have less hunters in the field. I don't know for sure. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And I get it. You know, I saw a sign during my Utah rifle hunt this year. It was put on a fence, and man, whoever did it, if they're listening, I want to just shake your hand. But... (laughs) It was made up like the, uh, remember all those Black Lives Matter signs and shirts that everybody was wearing? Mm-hmm. It was one of those, but it said Two Point Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we could have smoked so many little bucks, um, so many little two points. In fact, we caught, we had one that we were chasing on the last day. Chad and I called him Tiny Tim because uh, he was gimping from, I don't, I don't know if it's just from the rut or what, but uh, he just a little two-point. Could have smoked him easy. So, I mean, I get it. They don't want anybody killing those, those little bucks. And, and I know that non-residents always get the blame. And, you know, here in Utah, when anything goes wrong, I'm blaming all you that don't live here in the state as well. But, I mean, again, we could have had that chance. We didn't. You know, we were looking for, for something better than that. And I would hope that people that travel to hunt i'm hoping that they're kind of that same way that they're you know if you're going to spend the money invest that much in it i guess there's two ways to look at that you could invest the money and you're I like think you get it go ahead oh go ahead no i was just going to say that uh you you definitely get that it's like a 50 50 coin flip you either get the guys like no i've spent a lot of money i want a, a nicer class of animal or you get the guy that goes no screw that i spent x amount of money I'm bringing something home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I get that, but I'm more on the, I'm spending that much money. I want a really nice, I want to come home with something I can, you know, really be proud of and something the special, you know, you shoot a little two point, I guess it can, it's still special to somebody and it's a trophy to somebody, but you know, I, I I want to come home with something that, you know, like, well, like Chad, Chad's going to put his up on his wall in his office. It's going to be a cool looking mount uh, just because of how unique his deer is. Um, that That's kind of what you, I, I go for. And I would hope more people do because, you know, you, you got to let those long, you, those young bucks live, you know, they got to be able to mature. If we want to, if we want to be hunting good mature bucks, you got to let the little ones live. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yep. And you know, it's like I say, everybody's got their own feel for what they want to shoot and and i definitely am a proponent of lead uh, hunting rules and laws but let people do that just because once they start doing restrictions and things we've seen the bad that comes with that and i think if we really wanted and i hate to say this but i think arizona's kind of onto something here if you really want bigger deer you just kill less deer yeah i know that's a you know it's a pretty cut and dry thing but but if if everything's equal and there's water and you know the deer population is doing well the wild you know animal mammal predators are going to kill so many and then 
humans are going to kill so many. We can't really control what the lions and the coyotes do. I mean, we can hunt them, but we can only control that to a certain point. But wildlife managers can definitely control how many deer are killed by hunters by limiting tags or putting quotas in place or doing what they're doing now. That's no different so. than here in Utah, right? I mean, here in the unit that you and I live, they, they cut the tags significantly. But if you want bigger, better yep. deer, that's kind of what you've got to do. I mean, you and I both talk with the biologists here. And that's what they had to do to, to get the animals to where we want them to be. So, yep. right. And, they, and that was just to get the buck to doe ratio, right? They mm-hmm. don't even manage mature deer versus small deer. Right. It was just that the, the buck to doe ratio was bad and the deer population itself overall had took a hit with the drought and so they actually reduced it by more than 50 percent so yeah and but but by improving the doe to buck ratio you know inadvertently or indirectly however you want to look at it you're going to start seeing more of those mature bucks on the landscape more bucks on yep yep more bucks on the landscape mean that more bucks survive to maturity so yep well, a few bucks in Arizona live to live to a, you know more mature. And like I said, when we saw some good well, bucks in that unit, they got honest. close. So. If Taryn's around with a bow, most of the deer are going to survive. Oh, hey now, <laughs> hey now. I want hey, I I drug you all around with a bow trying to get you to kill hey, something, and you couldn't kill it either. So I didn't say I didn't say that it wasn't myself as well. I was just talking about you. <laughs> I didn't say that I'm I that way you? as well. I'm going to mute you. Saying. You got to remember, I hold all the power here. We I, both are that way. I can mute I mean, you that's so fine. I can hear you. That's, that's, that's fine. You, <laughs> Actually, you got to do that to make yourself feel better. In in light of that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the podcasts that I, I do want to have pretty soon is, is talking about stalking mule deer during the archery seasons. I think there's a lot of people that could use some help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just tips and tricks and how to just do it a little bit better and, you know, improve themselves and, and just, and be more successful myself included. You know, I, I, I've hunted with a bow for a lot of years. I've killed several animals with a bow, but I could definitely do a whole lot better. And so I'd love to, uh, we'll, we'll have a podcast specifically on, uh, stalking in on, on mule deer during an archery hunt. It's, it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, even like your your pronghorn hunt, I, I know it was mm-hmm. frustrating because you're doing like eight to ten stalks a day, but that was still a blast. Yep, yep. Eight to ten stalks a day and actual true stalks. The closest I ever got was like 88 yards. That's not necessarily true. I remember one that literally was coming to the road we to get in my side by side, and we, uh, we weren't stalking that animal. Sixty yards, and somebody's we, release we weren't had an issue. I don't. <laughs> we, we weren't stalking that one though. That was uh, just what intercepting you, it. What do you mean? I was fully stalking that thing in the Pioneer. Yeah, you were driving like a lunatic trying to cut him <laughs> off. I don't think we were stalking anything. <laughs> I drove like a lunatic until we were a couple hundred yards out, and then I slowed down so that you could get off the road and shoot it off. You know, so we're not on the road. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. How did how did that work out? <laughs> yeah, you didn't even pull, you didn't even throw an arrow on that one. I tried. Man, gosh, that was a fun year. What a fun year! Two thousand twenty-two yeah. was a fun year. It's good to have you down here where we can go hunting more. It was pretty fun. 
Yeah. When I draw when I draw general season archer, you're gonna have to put me on him. He's yeah. claimed to be such the the awesome deer hunting archery guy. You're gonna have to put him on him. I've never claimed to be an awesome deer hunting archery guy. <laughs> no, I won't Come even. On now. No, I, I I'll do. I, elkin is another story. I love archery hunting elk. That's a that's a lot of fun. But man, mule deer are so tough. They're so skittish. Golly, they're so skittish. So, no, yeah. it it was a good time. It was it was a great year. Enjoyed it. But 2023 is going to be better. We're going to have a lot more fun this year. We're going to do. We got a lot of cool things that are coming. Um, shed hunting's right around the corner. You're going to get out and go shed hunting with me a little bit. Yep, I'm going to go a lot everywhere as soon as the desert of all places dries out enough. Yeah, that we can get out there, not freaking walk with five foot of clay stuck to our boots. Man, it's crazy. I swear, as soon as we dug a hole to build our house, that's all it's done is rain and snowed since then. So in the in the desert. Yeah, yeah. It's we need it though. The two hundred two hundred percent above average. Yeah, is what I read the other day. So I'm not gonna complain. My house will be done at some point. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I I love that we're getting this moisture, and I hope it continues into the into the spring because man this is gonna be so great for the, the animals this year i watched an extended forecast they expect another big one like the one we just had but not until like the first part of february oh man so well good well i'm doing some traveling down to uh, the phoenix area over the next little bit and then i'm going to mexico so just let it rain let it snow this i'll, guy, this I'll be guy. just fine <laughs> It's killing my shed hunting, man. Uh, I have a great big buck I want to keep tabs on out there, and I haven't been able to get out in the freaking desert for nothing uh, last month almost. It's crazy. It's so wet. I love it. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Let them grow. <laughs> yep. Well, cool, man. We'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll keep this podcast uh, pretty quick. But again, just want to let you guys know we're going to be at the uh, Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. That is, what, two weeks? Three weeks February 3rd. Two weeks away. Yeah, February 3rd. So it is coming up very quick. So if you guys are there, uh, hit us up, send us a message, either email or social media. Uh, let us know that you're going to be there. We'd love to meet up with you, chat with you. And then if you guys have any questions about any of the stuff that we're doing or any of the companies that we work with, we'd love to uh, hook you up with them and, and get you a connection. So, Seth, anything else before we go? Um. See you guys next week with another podcast. Sounds How about that sounds good, <laughs> brother. Sounds good. I like I like the sound of that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, as always, we sure appreciate you and uh, appreciate you supporting our our channel. As always, remember subscribe, comment, like all that stuff. To the podcast, uh, YouTube. Go to our social media social media pages. Give us a follow. And like I said earlier, make sure you're going to the website each and every day. There's articles being written uh, several times a week. A lot of good news, a lot of good content. So make sure you're checking that out. So There's we, tons of old stuff that you've probably never read on there too. Just search what you're wanting to read. We, we've covered a ton of stuff from news to our, you know lists and, and reviews and tons of stuff that you can find if, if you're not looking for anything that's particularly current. There's tons of content there yeah pretty much anything that you're going to look for there's there's going to be an article on our website for it 
If you're really curious, go check out the top six cartridges for elk. <laughs> That's a very popular article. Tell us, tell us we're stupid. I don't care. Tell, tell me you don't like our list, but it's a good one. It's very popular. A lot of guys like it. So. I, I'm very curious. If you guys have a different uh, cartridge that you'd want on that list, leave a comment, send us a message, let us know what you think should be on that list. I know one. I mean, my, my new gun definitely is one that's on that list for uh, my 28 Nosler. Hard to beat that one. Okay, okay. A guy finds a new gun and it's the best gun ever. It's it okay. All right, Terrence. Best gun <laughs> ever. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we will see you, or we won't see you. We will talk to you all next week again. Thank you so much for your support. Seth, we'll catch you later, brother. See you guys. <laughs>